Hello, my name is Farron Glanfield. I'm the Church of Ireland Bishop of Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. COVID-19 is on the rise again in Ireland and that is alarming. And we've been asked by the government to close our churches for Sunday worship. And I know that's disheartening to so many of our people. During the first lockdown, which lasted for nearly three months, uh, we used online services to great effect. And so at this time, uh, we have asked our parishes to go online. Many of them are doing that. And the diocese itself will be conducting services online. And so the series of services, which I hope you will enjoy, uh, will be compilations of live streams that took place when we were able to go to church in uh, the summer months uh, and also taken by clergy and uh, lay people uh, in their own churches uh, at this time when we're closed. At a time like this we need to keep our eyes fixed upon the Lord. In the Psalms we read, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And so we pray for ourselves and we pray for the needs of our community and our country and the world at this time. In the strong name of Jesus. God bless. Good morning and you're welcome to Kilmore Cathedral for this morning's diocesan service. I'm Dean Nigel Crossy and I will be leading our service this morning. Today is Remembrance Day and we begin our service as we always do on this occasion with an act of remembrance and an act of commitment. Beloved in the Lord, we are met this day to worship Almighty God, whose purposes are good and pleasing and perfect, whose power sustains the world he has made, who loves us though we have failed in his service, who gave his Son Jesus Christ for the life of the world, who by his Holy Spirit leads us in his way. On this day of remembrance, we glorify God for his great mercies towards us in times of upheaval and turmoil amongst the nations. And especially we praise him for his grace and favour to this our country during the times of world war and global conflict. We remember especially all those who laid down their lives in the cause of justice, freedom and peace. We remember all those who still bear the scars of conflict in body, mind and spirit and we pray for bereaved families and friends. We give thanks also for those of our defence forces, the merchant navies, civic defence services and civilian populations who patiently served and endured through dark and difficult days. We give thanks also for the hope of peace for all peoples on the earth. We rejoice that in the power and grace of Christ, who is the Prince of Peace, Swords can be beaten into ploughshares, and old and bitter enemies can yield up their hatred and find fellowship and friendship. In praise, thanksgiving, remembrance and hope, we pray for the coming of God's kingdom on earth in the words of the Lord's Prayer, the prayer which our Saviour himself has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
sacrifice may ever be an example and inspiration to us and that we may serve faithfully all the days of our life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. They shall grow not old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning we will remember them. We will remember them. gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to suffering unto death on the cross, and raised him to life and glory. Grant us patient faith in time of darkness, and strengthen our hearts with the knowledge of your abiding love, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In praying for the peace of the world, we bring before God the people of this land, those who bear the responsibilities of state, and especially those who serve in our security and defence forces, asking that they may always have the wisdom to know what is right and the courage to stand for it with resolution and determination. So we pledge ourselves and you to the service of God, of our nations and of our fellow men and women, that we may help, encourage and comfort others, that we may support those bringing relief to the needy and the oppressed, and those working for the peace and welfare of the nations. So we say together, Lord God our Father, we pledge ourselves to serve you and all humankind, 
in the cause of peace, for the relief of oppression, want, and suffering, and for the praise of your name. Guide us by your Spirit, give us wisdom, give us courage, give us hope, and keep us faithful now and always. Amen. We now sing our first hymn, O God our help in ages past.
And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We now come to our reading from Scripture. A reading from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Peace and hope. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We now sing hymn number 162 from the Thanks and Praise books, When Peace Like a River Attendeth My Way.
us this morning. Good morning. Um, it's uh, great to have you here today. We join together with people throughout the world as we especially think about those who served in the various armed forces globally and particularly here in Ireland and who paid many of them with uh, their lives so that freedom could be a reality uh, for many of us. Remember Sunday, if you're anything like me, I'm sure that there's a few faces come to mind uh, as we reflect on the day. Uh, recently, I've been reminded of the story of one particular person uh, uh, who was actually uh, went through the, the Second World War and served with the Dutch resistance. Her name was Corrie Tenboom. She was the first uh, female in Holland to be licensed to uh, make watches, which was her father's profession and was passed on to her and also her sister, uh, Betsy. All of the family uh, were Christians, and when the Second World War broke out, they sensed that God wanted them to uh, try and rescue as many Jewish people who, of course, were being persecuted, rounded up by the Nazis and put into uh, death camps. And so she, her father, and her sister um, hid very many uh, Jewish people uh, during that time, and uh, she felt that this was a work an outworking of her faith and uh, in doing so she was serving the will of God. History records that they were betrayed uh, by um, what turned out to be a, a fellow Dutchman, and um, they were arrested. The elderly father, Casper, uh, died shortly after being incarcerated. He died 10 days into his imprisonment. And both Corey and her sister Betsy were transported to uh, the infamous Ravensbrück concentration camp where they served out their time. And it was there that Betsy, Corey's sister, died, sadly, uh, from uh, illness that she contracted there. It was a book that occupies a space on my uh, bookshelf called The Hiding Place, and it is a biography of uh, Corey's life and also of that time. And The Hiding Place details basically uh, the, the, the room that was in Corey's bedroom where uh, so many Jews were, were rescued. Corey knew, I suspect, the dangers, along with her family, of what they were involved in and yet they lived life as normally as possible. The Oxford Dictionary lists the characteristics of a hero as being a person of superhuman strength, courage, or ability. But for me, the quiet, consistent stand that Corey and her family took at that time is a much more valid definition of heroism. Freedom was their best hope for us, for that, they put themselves in a position where they were prepared to make a great sacrifice, and two, as I said earlier, of that family did that. Was such a thing easy? My experience is that most people who make these sacrifices desperately want to hold on to life. Um, all of us uh, owe these men and women globally and here in Ireland a tremendous debt. And through the years, the many years of 
many wars people have sacrificed their lives for the cause of freedom. And on this Remembrance Sunday weekend, it's fitting for us to remember them and thank God where we can for their precious gift. I want to take a few moments uh, to read to you from a couple of verses uh, that describe how uh, the Bible views such a sacrifice. We read together Romans 5, verse 7 and 8, where it says, Very rarely will someone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's two amazing verses that tell us a couple of things about how Scripture views uh, sacrificial death. The first thing that we note here is that it's a, it's a difficult thing to die for a friend. Listen again to verse 7, where it says, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. I guess for most of us, being willing to die for someone just because they were righteous or even because they saw, we saw them as uh, particularly good, someone like Florence Nightingale, for example, or uh, the late Martin Luther King Jr. But I just don't know whether I would be willing to lay down my life for any of them. And yet what this verse is telling us, as difficult as it is for someone to die for someone, it can be done. Again, on my bookshelf, I have a, a, a book entitled Human Instinct, uh, which was accompanied by uh, a documentary series a number of years ago. And I remember, as I read the book, been reminded uh, of a particular scene uh, towards the end of one of the episodes in that documentary where the Presenter and author of the book, Robert Winston, uh, was walking through a graveyard in France, Flanders to be exact, and he, he said in his piece to camera that one of the things that separates humanity from every other species of creature on this earth is that and given the right circumstances, people will die for one another. And then as he said those words, he looked around and he said, a time of war, this is most vividly demonstrated. And it has been done. And an American news uh, item a number of years ago showed a video of a man standing next to the famous Vietnam War Memorial and his right hand was extended, touching uh, what was clearly a name on the memorial. And he was greatly uh, moved uh, by this. And over and over, uh, he repeated these words, he died for me. He died for me. Was it a brother? Was it a friend? We'll never know. But one thing for certain is this, that this man was visibly moved by the sacrifice of one man. The ultimate 
compliment that you can pay someone or something these days is that they're to die for. Not you, sometimes you, and it's an Americanism. Sometimes you'll hear people saying, "Well, that chocolate cake was to die for," or "That dress was to die for," or whatever, or "That car, for example." But yet, it's easy to say, "I die for something or somebody," until it comes the time when you're called upon to fulfil that vow. But if it's true that love is demonstrated most chiefly through sacrifice. And if the giving up of one's life is the ultimate sacrifice, then it's also the ultimate expression of human love, one for the other. The only reason I suspect that the majority of us would die for another is out of love. But listen to the shock and reality of verse 8, because it describes, for, and I'll read it to us in a minute, it describes that God's love exceeds the most noble expression of human love because God does it for his enemies. Let's read that verse again, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. It's while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The very beginning of this chapter, in verse 1, it says, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that means that, it, obviously, if we have peace with God, uh, then before the cross, then humanity was in conflict with God. And it's a sad tale to tell, one where God creates a perfect world for the pinnacle of his creation, us, giving us everything that we needed for the, an amazing life. All we had to do was trust God and follow his guidelines. But Scripture records that people didn't want to do that. They didn't trust God. They didn't think that he had their best interests at heart. And so they did their own thing and brought the curse of sin into our world and upon the human race. And the best way to remember the meaning of that word is to turn the eye and sin into a capital, because that's what it means. It's all about what we want rather than what God wants. And one of the sad consequences of bringing sin into the world was that a barrier was created between us and God, a barrier that meant for m the majority, if not all, of humanity a broken fellowship with the God that they were created to be in relationship with. And as a result, people thought of God not as a friend, but as an enemy, someone I had to be appeased. The way here, uh, I passed a flock of sheep, and I just think to myself, well, I'm glad that I'm a Christian minister and not a Jewish priest, because part of their rule would have been to sacrifice uh, animals in order to appease a God who demanded um, a price to be paid. But of course, God doesn't leave things 
hanging there. He sends his son, his only son, into the world to show people that God was really love. And the cross is the explanation point that tried to prove it. That God wasn't their enemy. He wasn't against them. He was for them. The cross means that we don't have to be in conflict with God. We can be at peace with him. John's gospel tells us that the night before he died, Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Folks, the the cross is God's ultimate demonstration of his love for us. In my family history, we have a a, a man who was decorated with a, a, he was a Canadian soldier, he was given a decoration called the Victoria Cross, which is the highest, um, is the highest award that you can be given for bravery in the UK and indeed Commonwealth uh, military. And I remember watching a documentary about the VC where uh, it looked at the personal histories of those who'd been awarded this high honor. And the majority of them either came from large families or they were the eldest in their family. Or perhaps one of uh, the parents of the VC winners died when they were young, or maybe both of them. And what the documentary said was that in the majority of cases, they took on responsibilities of looking after and caring for their families. 80% of them fell into this category. I want to say that these men, and in some cases women, were used to show in sacrificial love. And how appropriate it is then to have the cross as the symbol of their sacrificial courage in the form of the VC. And yet too often we doubt or forget God's love. And that's why the cross is the most obvious symbol of the Christian faith. That's why Christians celebrate the Lord's Supper. Not that we always should feel guilty that Jesus died for us, but so that we'll never forget how much he loves us. One article I read said this, to stare at the cross is to get the clearest, deepest look into the heart of God. And what do we see when we gaze into the heart of God? Is it judgment? No. Although those who reject his love do face judgment. Is it the finger pointing at us, you're a miserable sinner? Well, no. Even though all of us have fallen short of God's perfect standard, we've all rejected him sometime. When we get the clearest, deepest look into the heart of God, what we see, what we hear is, I love you. God is saying, when I think of what I love the most, I think of you. You're to die for. I love you enough to die for you. 
I love you enough to restore the relationship willfully broken by the introduction of sin. Our sin. History records that when the Ten Boom sisters were imprisoned in Ravensbrück concentration camp, Corrie Ten Boom and her sister began to discuss plans for finding a place for healing after the war. And this was a place where people could come who couldn't get jobs because they'd collaborated with the Nazis uh, during their occupation. While they were discussing these things, Betsy's health was deteriorating quite quickly. And she died on the 16th of December, 1944, at the age of 59. Before she died, she told Corey. And Corey remembered these words until she died herself. That there's no pit so deep that he, God, is not deeper still. Spoken from Ravensbrück concentration camp in 1944. A number of years ago I visited Israel and one of the things that you sort of are expected to do is to visit the Holocaust Memorial there uh, called Yad Vashem. And amongst all the different exhibits there and experiences, is, there's a garden. And this is one of the two most popular visited places in that, in that memorial. And the garden is called the Garden of the Righteous Among the Nations. And it's dedicated to all those non-Jews who risked their own lives and in many cases paid the supreme sacrifice to rescue Jewish men, women, and children during the Holocaust. And there's different trees have been planted there. And there's three trees dedicated to the Ten Boom family, to Casper, the father, uh, to Betsy, and also uh, to Corey herself. And beside those trees, there's a plaque that you can read their names. All their names are there, like Oscar Schindler and so on as well. There to remind people of the great sacrifice made by these people on behalf of the Jewish nation. We have all benefited from the death of people who have died in the service of others, and today is a good day to remember them and give thanks for their precious gift, and indeed to honor their memory. And yet for me on this day, the words of Betsy Tenboom, Corey's sister, uh, words spoken in that concentration camp that echo through the decades down to this particular day, down through the years, spoken in Ravensbrück concentration camp for the first time, and there were these. There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. The question I have, and I ask myself, and I ask all who listen in, is this. 
Have you ever really benefited from Jesus' death and his sacrifice on your behalf? Amen. We sing hymn number 509 from the church hymnal, Your kingdom come, O God, your rule, O Christ, begin.
and break the families of the nations, divided and torn apart by the ravages of sin, to be subject to his just and gentle rule, who is alive and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And the collect for morning prayer. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defence, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always what is righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We come now to our prayers of bidding and intercession. Let us pray for the President and for all in authority, for the leaders of this nation and of all the nations, for those to whom the command of our defence forces is entrusted, and for those who serve under them. Let us pray for peace between the nations of the world, for the realisation of peace in all those places where there is currently war and conflict, and where there is the threat and reality of terrorist violence for all those who work for peace in the troubled places of the world. Let us pray for all those who suffer as a result of war and conflict, for the injured, the wounded and the hurt, in body, mind and spirit, for the bereaved, for the homeless and the refugee, for the fearful and the oppressed, for the prisoner and the vulnerable. Lord God, we thank you for the liberties which this country enjoys and for those who have worked and fought and suffered to secure them. Give us grace to defend these liberties, not only for ourselves but for others, and to use them responsibly in your service and in the service of all humankind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, grant for the sake of those whose lives were lost in war, and for the sake of the generations to come, that the nations of the world may learn your ways of peace. Restrain our pride, our passions and our follies, and remind us of your ways of forgiveness, love and truth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we commend to your mercy all those whose lives are darkened by suffering, as a result of the violence of our world, that they may find comfort, healing, and hope. Deepen our compassion for one another, prosper our efforts to bring deliverance and release, and inspire us to be instruments of reconciliation and healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our prayer. And let us sum up our prayers by saying together the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all evermore. Amen.
we now sing our final hymn, Lead Us, Heavenly Father, Lead Us. this day of remembrance it has been important for us, even though we are apart, to be silent, to reflect, and to be grateful for all those who gave their lives for our freedom. And so we seek God's blessing as we go forward into a difficult and demanding world. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance and give you his peace and his hope.